0: This teaching comes to you from the team at St. Mark's, Darling Point, Sydney. We hope that it blesses you. Will you pray with me? O Lord, fill our hearts with your word, by your spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, about 30 years ago, the Nobel laureate Bob Dylan wrote a song called Everything is Broken. Broken bottles, broken plates, broken switches, broken gates, broken dishes, broken parts. Streets are filled with broken hearts, broken words never meant to be spoken. Everything is broken. Was he prophesying the world of 2020 where everything just seems to be so broken? Broken promises, broken bodies broken relationships, broken societies, broken laws. We're a divided society, and the fractures and fissures seem to be widening with every day, white against black, male against female, rich against poor, generation against generation, nation against nation. These cracks are being widened by some media outlets and some politicians for their own gain. The tiniest of organisms seems to have brought about uh, and expose the fragility of our way of life the pot of anger seems everywhere to be boiling over not just on the streets but in our homes generations to come may well speak of these times these days in which we live as the age of outrage everything is broken and what can we do i have to admit that i've felt both helpless and hopeless during these months But this is why I wanted to share with you the great encouragement I found in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Because in its few pages, we are given a revelation of a completely different plan. It's an amazing message. Everything is broken, yes. But the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, has already enacted his plan to reconcile and unify all things in heaven and on earth to himself. He's bringing about his perfect peace. As the Jews say, his shalom to the universe. A plan he's had since before the foundation of the world. In Jesus Christ, he's putting the broken pieces of this broken world back together again. And here's the thing. At the center of that plan is his people, the church. Now, we may feel impotent and forgotten weak and out of fashion confused and afraid try as hard as we may to look and be relevant we never succeed history has passed us by hasn't it now this is a version of history which is called the secularization thesis and it's very widely believed according to the secularization thesis western society is becoming less religious as it becomes more enlightened I've had several conversations with people recently who simply assume that the church is dying and that St. Mark's must be nearly empty. They say with a patronizing smile that the church is for the over 80s. Nobody of a younger generation would bother, surely, would they? Churches are like lawn bowls clubs, aren't they? With the greatest respect, mostly overgrown with weeds and selling up their properties. But this is simple ignorance. Of course, it's ignorance about what our church is like. But it's also a deeper ignorance. It's a deeper ignorance about history itself and where it's going. For the people of God are the very center of God's plan for unifying the cosmos in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, Paul unfolds this surprising truth in the whole of his letter to the Ephesians. And he starts off, with one of the most magnificent sentences in the whole bible a sentence that stretches from 1 verse 3 to 1 14. i heard this week that there was a preacher who preached a two-hour sermon just on this passage our english translations tend to put full stops in to help us to catch our breath and we as we come to this letter though i want us to take a deep look at this extraordinary sentences this extraordinary sentence bit by bit, not over two hours, but over several weeks. So we'll be spending the next few weeks meditating on this grand piece of writing. And we need to stop and take in the view. Now we don't have many mountains in Australia. And when we do call something a mountain, it sometimes wouldn't even rate as a hill somewhere else. I've been to Mount Druid, and I'm not even sure that there's a raise in the ground anywhere there. But I've climbed a mountain that they call Pigeon House Mountain in the Shoalhaven with my family. It takes a couple of hours of solid uphill walking and then you ascend the narrow metal staircases to get to the summit. And after that, you don't immediately turn around and go right back down again. That would be to miss something beautiful. The view from the top is amazing and you want to spend time looking into the distance and distance and all around taking it all in and getting some perspective ephesians offers us just such an expansive view which is why we need to pause to take it all in so today we're looking at just the opening of this wonderful sentence in verse 3 it's these words blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places these are words of gratitude and praise because paul wants you and me to realize that we are blessed and when do you feel most blessed we don't often say that we're blessed actually we more often say i'm lucky or unfortunate and we don't direct this feeling of gratitude to anyone in particular perhaps to the universe or to the stars or whatever unknown force guides history and guides our affairs. But we usually say this when we experience material blessings or perhaps when we've made an escape from bodily harm. I'm lucky they found the tumour early. I'm lucky I didn't step into the road at just our time. We're so lucky to live here. I've been fortunate enough to have travelled. But Paul tells us, that we've been extraordinarily blessed in a way that far surpasses any of the usual things that you and I think are blessings, and that our blessings come from a very particular source. So Paul tells us then, who has blessed us and how we've been blessed? Who has blessed us? To whom are we to give our thanks and praise? Who is to be blessed? It's not a mystery. We've got a name, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The identity of the one who writes the pages of history, the name of the one who brings all things to their completion and who gives them their purpose, the God who is pure light and in whom there is no darkness at all. This is the one to whom Jesus prayed as Father. He is known in the life and the work of Jesus Christ. John in his gospel says, No one has ever seen God, but God, the only begotten Son, has made him known. The God that was ever present in Jesus' life as he taught and worked his powerful deeds and cast out demons and was filled with compassion for the poor and the outcast and with a passion for God's justice and his righteousness. This God raised him from the dead This is the one who is to receive our thanks and praise. And why? What has this God, this Father of our Lord Jesus Christ done that's so amazing? It's in His name. He is the Father of Jesus Christ. And we see in Jesus Christ that He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In who Jesus was and in what Jesus did for us, we have received, undeserved mind you, every spiritual blessing. Now, what are these? It's a very curious phrase, isn't it? What what are these spiritual blessings that we've received in Christ? Well, Paul is going to go on to list them as he unworks this extraordinary sentence. And there are six blessings that we receive, you and I, in Christ. First of all, We've been chosen to be holy and blameless from before the world began. Our future holiness had been on God's mind. Yes, that's you with all your mess, with your shame and your sin. Chosen by the Father to be holy and blameless in His sight. Second, we've been adopted into God's very family in love with all the intimacy and privileges of a seat at God's table, recognised and honoured in Him, accepted by Him. We have extraordinary acceptance in God's family, in Jesus Christ. Third, we've received redemption and the forgiveness of sins and all the benefits of Jesus' death, the richest jewels of God's grace. Fourth, We've been given, you and I, the secret wisdom of God's plan for the world since before the dawn of time. That plan which draws everything towards its magnificent final peace and unity. You know what is completely obscure to any number of religious gurus and university professors. Fifth, in Christ we've been given the Spirit of God the very spirit of God himself who lives in us and among us and is who is our beautiful foretaste of what awaits us, who is, as Tim said last week, our our guarantee, the first fruits like that first tray of mangoes of the season. And finally, sixthly, we have in Christ what so many long for. We've got hope, the hope of glory. We know our past. We know our present. and We also know our future. And these blessings that we have are not in the heavenly realms as if they await us only in the future. No, Paul means by saying that we have them in the heavenly places, that in Jesus Christ, heaven has already poured out its riches upon us. These gracious gifts have already been won for us and given to us by God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in Him. But that's a view worth taking in. And I reckon we need, that's what we need to do. We need to stand back and take in the sheer size and scope of this. The sheer extraordinary power and beauty of what Paul is announcing to us here. What we have, you and I, in Jesus Christ, here and now, is not lacking in anything now when we usually speak about our blessings and our luck we are far too small-minded we focus on our temporary blessings now don't get me wrong we're privileged to have if we do clean water fresh air good health and steadfast friends life itself is a blessing from god and we should give thanks for it every day but these blessings are nothing but a candle When you turn on the stadium floodlight of what we've already received and experienced from god in christ we count our wealth as a blessing and it is but it can slip through your fingers in a trice the spiritual blessings you now have in the heavenly realms are more real more solid more secure and more fruitful than any earthly possession you have in your account all the treasures of grace. There is no spiritual blessing that you lack today if you have Jesus Christ. Now, why do we need to know this? I think for two reasons. I think firstly, because we're too easily pleased. And secondly, because we're too easily dismayed. Firstly, we're too easily pleased. C.S. Lewis used to say this, we are far too easily pleased, you and I. We can be bought off with the allure of nice material things. We call ourselves blessed when we achieve a little success or when we have a nice creature comfort. That's what we think it's all about. You'd think Christians would be different, but there's plenty of preachers who will tell you that God wants to pay off your mortgage for you and he wants to bless you with a better car and that that's what being a Christian is really all about. But how can you think that? when you see the view that we've just seen, when you've stood on the mountain that Paul has taken us to, we are truly, deeply and utterly blessed with things that make new cars and holidays and career success look like the utter trivialities that they are. We are too easily pleased, too easily impressed and we are also too easily dismayed It doesn't take much to make us anxious and defensive. And who could blame us at the moment? Everything is broken. There's a lot to be afraid about. But the view from the top of the mountain shows us what is beyond the horizon, the horizon that we can't see from the ground. In Christ, the blessings of heaven itself are a present reality for us. You already are adopted into God's family. You now are chosen to be blameless and holy in His sight. You now have redemption and the forgiveness of sins right now. Though for the present, we are still part of the present dark age. We also belong to a new one. Though now we inhabit brokenness and experience brokenness too, we also now experience the promise of, than the reality of, God's healing. In Jesus, we are part of the plan of God to renew and refresh and restore all things to bring His peace and fulfillment to the divided world. So don't be dismayed. And don't be too easily pleased. Praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has truly blessed us in Christ, with every spiritual blessing, not holding anything back, not withholding a single thing, blessing us in the heavenly places. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at www.stmarksdp.org to subscribe to our new episodes, browse more resources, and find more information about the community of St. Mark's.